right, so welcome to the Nurses in the No Show. I'm your co-host, Kristen, and this is... The other co-host, Hannah. And we would like to welcome you to the... Nurses, Nurses in the, the No Show! show. As promised, here is Season 2, Episode 3, Part B. Enjoy. Hello, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Nurses in the Know. Nicole Kupchik. Mo money. <laughs> Mo money. It's, it's not even just money, though, too. A lot of times it's quality of life. It's, uh, you know, negotiating retirement. It's it's all those other things as well. You know, I mean, when, when most companies are paying their CEO double plus digit million dollar salaries, like you've got some room to negotiate. Absolutely. And, you know, kind of back to what Hannah and, you know, was saying, it's like the same thing is true. Like if it was a man in that position and being told that, hey, you're going to take another deduction to take on more responsibility to do another, you know, facet um, type pivot in nursing, there, there's no way. I mean, like I, I know I can say without a shadow of a doubt that I have been very aggressive, but I was also, you know, I came from two parents that have had businesses, you know, private practice, and it's very much a, here is your backbone, don't let anybody use you as a mat because nobody's going to walk all over you. Yeah, I think it's smart, you know, but, you know, again, women just a lot of times, I'm, I'm definitely generalizing, but I just feel like, you know, we just need to realize our worth because we have, we bring a lot to the table. The vast majority of, I mean, we can, we can be completely transparent. A lot of nurses are female. And I think that, and for from a historical standpoint as well, and then probably in the last maybe um, 10, 15, even 20 years, have we seen an increase in men into this, this career? And from that standpoint as well, you know, how long have nurses and, you know, they've been talking about uh, nurse to patient ratios, um, you know, having correct compensation, not just from a hourly pay stand, but also from a benefits package. And then, you know, in comparison to what maybe a male physical therapist or a male, you know, pharmacist or even physician that's staffed is making in their pay package and, you know, things of that nature. It's not necessarily are we being, you know, bashing women by any means whatsoever, but it's just further, you know, furthering the evidence of what statement you've already made. And it's like, as nurses, we need to stand up for each each other and for ourselves as well. Well, I'm going to say one thing, and I'm going to say it once, and I'm going to mean it, is that if things go back to business as usual, and as nurses, we do not change our compensation, our staffing, and all of the absolute crap that has gone on in the last year. It's no fault but of our own. Absolutely. We deserve it. If, if we let things go back to how they were, we absolutely deserve it. No. And I think nurses are speaking loud by saying, peace out. I'm going to go travel. The money's there. I have no loyalty to you because I've not seen the loyalty back. You don't and have I'm going to go do what's best for either. me. Yeah. Or, and, or the situation is going to turn into like 
there, there's, and like we were talking before we even started recording, there's just going to be no nurses left at the bedside. And at the end of the day, this is not something that's new. This is not something that a pandemic has started. This is something that the community of medicine has known and seen as a nursing shortage from back in like 2005, 2006, they were looking at studies of nursing shortages. And it's, it's not, it's nothing new. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Well, and I graduated in 93 and back in 93, I was entering a nursing shortage as well. So, you know, it goes in cycles, but it seems like this cycle's lasted a really long time. Yeah. Too long, too long. And finally, nurses are saying enough is enough. We deserve, we deserve what we're worth. Not only that, but I think the other, the other issue that we see is that, you know, nurses are told and, and, and it's been kind of ingrained in us from education standpoint that, um, higher education equates higher pay. And so in order to make more money for yourself, right, instead of negotiating it from a standpoint of, you know, your bedside nursing or going up through, you know, the, the ladders, uh, you know, of leadership, right that you have to educate yourself in order to make more money. So then you see these nurses that aren't even quite, you know, they might be finishing up their last year of nursing school already applying for NP school. And I think that that is an, that is an issue as well that should be addressed. Um, I don't know if it is going to be addressed, but I feel that that's another like huge, huge deal there. Yeah, I think, you know, time will tell. Um, You know, again, I just, I hope this pandemic, I think this pandemic just really like pulled the blankets off this just underwelling of what's been happening for a long time, but just has been kind of kept being swept under the rug, you know, so I just, um, we we have to deal with it now. Like it's, it's, the problem is out there. Yeah. We've got to deal with it. And facilities still try to sweep it under the rug. They got their health healthcare heroes here signs, and they got their free pizza, but they still don't want to compensate their, you know, their staff nurses. So, like you said, time will tell. Yeah. And the, and the travel companies are making bank. Oh, geez, yeah. Well, okay. and I have to say, like I, I'll, and I'll be super honest. Is um, you know, I um, uh, had you know, I have a an Instagram page that's really busy. And I have had nurses reach out to me and tell me that they haven't even really started. You know, they graduated school and hadn't even really started, had never gotten trained in a position and these travel companies are hiring them. And I'm, I'm like, I just, that's scary. I, I think it's terrifying. I think it's terrifying for the new nurse because I mean, I think sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Yes. And you, you know, you, you have this company saying, we'll take you, we'll take care of you. And they're not going to at two in the morning when your patient's crashing and you don't know what to do, that travel company is not going to take care of you. And if you no. make a big mistake, let me tell you, they will not be there to back you. No. Um, you know, so I think that's just, I mean, I'm all for nurses traveling and, you know, doing what you need to do for you, but I think you also need to do it safely. A hundred percent. Like, a hundred, a hundred percent. Like I, I, so originally I went into critical care cause I was going to do the CRNA route. Like I already told you, my family has a private practice. My father, we come long line of surgeons. So my happy medium between my mom who did critical care and my father who does surgery was 
going the route of CRNA. And that right in, in and of itself is like, you have to have two years of critical care and like real critical care experience. And so I had always geared myself to that direction. And it wasn't until I, you know, made a couple life decisions and, um, decided that I wanted to go somewhere else in, in my life and direction and practice that the biggest thing there was, you know, more experience bedside is going to help like give you that foundation. And sometimes two years is not, it's not, it's nothing. Honestly, you, you can't even really do much. I know a lot of two year critical care nurses that don't know a thing. (laughs) Let me just say that. Yeah, I think so so much of it it. depends on like what type of a unit you start in. Exactly. exactly. And also what you're willing to put into the profession. If you are asking questions, if you are like constantly engaging your physicians, your critical care docs, if you are asking for these opportunities for education, if you're signing up for classes that your educator doesn't want to put you in, but you sign up for them anyways, to do, you know, cold, cool therapy, to do the CRRT, to do the Impella, to do all these different, you know, modalities, that shows how much you want out of your profession because you're willing and able. And I know I'm on a tangent now, but that's, that's the truth. Like you get what you put into it. Absolutely. Okay. Brings us to our next topic. <laughs> she's, she's getting too fired up over here. And <laughs> I love it. Okay. So can you tell us, you started this company, Nicole Kupchik Consulting. I can't even speak because she's so excited. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what your company does, what you do? Um, and yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, gosh, well, this summer will be eight years that I started my company, but um, wow. I, was, I was super burned out as um, just, you know, I don't know. I was, I was just kind of burned out as a CNS and coming off grad school. Like, you know, it was just, it was a lot. And, um, and, and I would just say my burnout was a lot of my, it was my fault because I didn't really set good limits on like going home and not working 60 plus hours a week. And, um, and so anyway, I took a little break. Uh, for about a year, and I went and ran a bariatric surgery program as a CNS, and um, and I knew nothing about bariatric surgery, but it was really fun. I mean, you know, the, had a great time. The team was amazing. I was super transparent of like, I'm probably not going to stay for very long, but I'll help you get your program kind of on a track, and you know, and figure out what I want to do. And I had always like looked up to people like Kathleen Volman and Laura Gasparis and Carol Jacobson, who had all had their own companies and businesses. And, um, and I reached out to actually all three of them and just said, I was, you know, thinking about doing this and they all three of them were super encouraging to me. And, uh, I, yes, I started my company. So I originally, um, I started it cause anytime you start a company, you really should be very intentional about what your plans are. And I wrote a business plan and I kind of always had an entrepreneurial spirit in me. I, um, you know, when I was about 12 years old, I grew up really, really poor. And when I was about 12 years old, I had my own, uh, lawn mowing, uh, in the summer, snow blowing in the winter business. And my grandfather kind of helped me. He would let me borrow, you know, the lawnmower and borrow a snowblower and help me get gas. And, you know, and I'd go do people's lawns. And I love, I've always loved having my own money. I've 
always worked at least two jobs since like literally since I was 16. And um, so I wrote a business plan and um, you always want to create like buckets of like what your business is going to look like. Like where are you going to get your money, right? And and so originally I thought it was going to be like, oh, I'm going to go into hospitals and I'm totally going to help them improve. And then it was really weird because once I started – um, a lot of, I mean, nurses were so supportive of me. Um, but I, what was easy was to do education. And um, it was really easy to book a two-day CCRN and PCCN review course with a hospital or to come do a keynote address for a big conference. And um, what I thought was going to be mostly consulting ended up being some consulting uh, but a lot of education. And the thing is, is like, I love doing the education. Like I legit love educating and, um, and it just blossomed and just grew and grew and grew to this company where, you know, I've got five staff people and, um, it's busy, you know, we, we have a great time and, um, and I've had to hire support staff so I can focus on content and, um, and consulting and, you know, and doing the things that I need to do versus, you know, like every day, like answering emails and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so I first started out as, uh, you know, consulting with some education and then it ended up just, it blossomed. I was doing a lot of CSARIN and PCSAN review courses and I kept having nurses say to me like, oh my gosh, you teach it in such a way that's easy to understand. Like, can you write a book? And I had gotten the request to write a book so many times that I had a talk with my husband and I'm like, you know, I think the universe is telling me I need to write a book. <laughs> I so think I so. And I wrote four in a year. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh goodness, you go girl. Yeah, so yeah, it was have, nuts. You did CCRN, PCCN, so CMC, in, and CSE? No. So in the first year I wrote, um, so I did it in a year. So I, so the year of 2016, I, and I, and, and this is really funny. So I travel a lot cause I give a lot of keynote addresses or I'll go to hospitals to do consulting. And I literally wrote these books on airplanes. Wow. And so basically what I did was I took the content of my lectures and I got them into a word document and I finessed and really worked it. And then what I separately did, so I wrote study guides for one for the CCN, one for the PCCN, separately wrote practice question books. And let me tell you, it is not easy to write practice questions. Practice questions are actually really difficult to write. Oh, for sure. And I thought like that would be the easy part. Oh, no, that was the hard part because I wrote for one book, it was 450 questions. Wow. And, yeah, with rationales. And then the, and I, I hired some, like some of my nurse friends to write a few questions for me. And, you know, so I would take some of theirs. I, I wrote most of them. And, um, and then I wrote the, a practice question book for the PCCN. So I wrote um, all four of those books books. And I mean, it's just insane what has happened. So those all got published. I self-publish because um, I'm like, I am not letting some publishing company take all my money for all the work that I've done. I And this is, you know, again, as a business person, like I made a very conscientious decision. Like I'm keeping my own money. Like I gave up a year of my life to do this. I'm, I'm keeping my own money. So anyway, so I self-published and um, I hired a book coach 
And she helped me get through all the processes of copyright and how do you get an ISBN number and how do you self-publish? How do you get on Amazon? And um, and it's, it's just been wildly successful. And then the next year, so 2017, I wrote the CMC. 2018, I wrote the CSC. And since then, I've updated all six of the books. Wow. Yeah, it's been That's really good. dedication. Yeah, it was, um, it was, I never in a million years, my, you know, dreamed I would ever be able to do something like this. And I just remember like my, when my mom died unexpectedly a couple years ago, actually Tuesday is two years ago that she died. And, um, she was Aww. just so proud. Cause we, you know, we came from, we, it was hard. She was a single mom and, you know, and I just remember her just how, how proud she was, but it was like, I think the message I want to get out there to women, to nurses is just that, you know, you can do anything you put your mind to. You truly can. Anything you want to do is possible. You have to put in the blood, sweat, and tears. You've yeah. got to be able to do the hustle to get the rewards at the end. But if you do it, it will pay off. Yeah, it's key. You just have to actually do it. It's true. You can't just say, oh, well, maybe when this thing happens or maybe when this thing happens. No, it's never going to happen if you just keep waiting for – you know, X, Y, and Z, you're going to keep pushing it off. You just have to go and do it. Yeah. In fact, and um, literally behind me, I have this, um, this uh, piece of wall art and it says, the dream is free, but the hustle is sold separately. And <laughs> truly, I mean, you can dream forever, but until you, you know, set action to that dream, um, you know, nothing's going to happen. And, but I just, I always want every woman, every nurse to know you can do whatever you want to do. You just got to, you know, put in the work and you can do it. And Absolutely. thus the tagline of all my books is you can do it. I love that. I love that. So if someone's interested in getting certified, um, where can they find your books? And what are they called? We haven't mentioned that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, so they're all called Ace The, right? So Ace The CCRN, Ace The PCCN, um, Ace The CMC, Ace The CSC. So I sell them on my um, my website, so NicoleCupchickConsulting.com, and they're also available on Amazon. Okay, so we'll link that in the description. If you guys are looking to get certified, we always push for certification. Um, it's super important to your own uh, personal uh, career growth and development and just proving to yourself that you can you know, do it as well as a great resume builder. Um, we'll link those in the description. I've personally used the CMC and it helped me pass the test. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, so we'll link those down. Um, we, we love... We love learning, right, Kristen? Yes. Maybe not Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the midst of it right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's not, yeah, but I, I created a, a online courses as well to go with all of the um, – the books and and that was really fun. I mean, I've I've just you know I've done like every year. I my plan is always to do something big, and um so it was I think it was two or three years ago I released the CCRN and PCCN, and then I did a C. Actually, I start with CMC first, but um I'm going to be updating the CMC and CSC study guides, and then I'm going to create a CSC online review course this summer. Oh, sweet. I'll have to stay tuned for that because I got to take yeah. my CSC soon. Just not because I need it, just because I'm like, eh, I was a CVICU nurse. I might as well. Yeah. Yeah. It, I always, I don't know, like I, I always think um, studying for certification, I always found it to be kind of fun um, because it's like training for a marathon or like a race or something. You know, you kind of 
create your training schedule. And then, you know, and then there's a very attainable goal at the end. Absolutely. Absolutely. And those tests are not for the faint of heart. Um, but we definitely recommend getting them for all of the reasons. Anyways, you have some other um, kind of like refresher courses and stuff too on your consulting website, don't you? Yeah, I've done um, one of my favorite courses I did that I put together was it's called Cardiac Boot Camp. And I worked with Dr. Ali Hader, um, and I've just got amazing. So he's at Your Heart Doc on um, on oh, Instagram. I love him. Oh, isn't he great? Yeah, he's amazing. Yes. So I've been, yeah, I've gotten to work with him and speak with him at conferences. So he's he's just as amazing as you think he might be. He honestly is. And uh, but he um, helped me put together just some different like before and after calf. Um, calf lab, like I would show like the 12 lead with the cath report and even maybe like the echo. And, um, so it was pretty cool. I love that course. And then I have a uh, mechanical ventilation course I did with a respiratory therapist. I just put out a delirium course with Kathleen Volman. So it's the A to F bundle and we really break down how to oh, successfully, awesome. yeah, how to successfully implement the bundle. And one of the coolest things about that course is I interviewed a nurse who got the flu three years ago and ended up on ECMO and had horrendous delirium. Oh my God. Yeah. And listening to her, um, it'll bring tears to your eyes or just like everything she went through. And, um, yeah. So, I mean, I think that was like one of the most touching things about that course. And then I've just got some other ones, like I'm getting ready to launch, um, an ABG course. Cause I feel like nurses always like have a barrier to understanding ABGs and they're easy, right? They yes, they do. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, but it's easy stuff. You can do it. It is. It is. Yeah. Once you get it, once you get it, you get it. Right. Totally. Right. Yeah. So anyway, and then what else I'm going to be doing, uh, putting out a sepsis course, the new sepsis guidelines are coming out. I'm in fact, yeah, I'm going to the conference. Yeah. Yeah. The conference starts. It's a week from today, Society of Critical Care Medicine. So I will be um, putting out a new online sepsis course. And then what else? Oh, I did hemodynamic monitoring. That was you the do. other one I have. Fun. And we always talk about um, in our shows, like we always ask our listeners, um, or not our listeners, our interviewees, like how can a nurse make themselves more marketable for the job? And one of the ways that you can make yourself more marketable is obviously getting the certifications once you've been in that position for the amount of time they will require, but also just taking these review courses like, hey, I'm, and that just shows like, I'm really interested in being a critical care nurse. So to show you that I have on my resume that I took this course on mechanical ventilation modes, I took this course on, you know, delirium protocols and how to adequately, um, help your patients with, um, delirium. So those things really show your employer that yes, I may be a med surge nurse or a PCU nurse, or yes, I may be a graduate nurse, but look that I've, I've shown you that like, I'm serious about this job and I want to learn more. Yeah, I, I agree. Get it on your resume, especially, you know, if you're taking continuing education. Because I, and I'll say, like, it, you know, coming, putting on my management, previous management hat, like, I, one of the things that would make me pick one nurse over, over another was one who showed that they really want to learn and, um, and really want to put the extra time that it, 
requires, you know, to be a top-notch critical care nurse. And, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I, I just, it's, I work my 312s and that's it. Well, you know, you're in charge of people's lives, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's more than just showing up to work for 12 hours and whether we like yep. to admit it or not. And, and, you know, and I just, um, I always loved when nurses were just ambitious and wanted to, you know, continue their learning. I, I, I always wanted to support it as much as I could. Absolutely. And I think that's a great point as well because sometimes in, you know, when people are going to go into nursing school or they're thinking about nursing school or if they're in the midst of nursing school, they're like, okay, well, once I'm done learning this stuff, then, you know, and I graduate, then I start my job and that's it. No. You, when they tell you you are a lifelong learner, you are a lifelong learner. And that brings us to our next point. So what current research um, are you doing now? Well, I'm not um, really doing any research right now. Um, I'm so for my business, I'm actually working on a top secret project. Ooh, yes, I love top, it's secret. top secret um, that I think is going to be super helpful for nurses. So it's going to come out in early 2022. Um, but I'm I'm putting it's it's a clinical. It's, it's, I, I don't want to give it away, but it's, um, it's, okay. you it's something that would help you clinically. And, oh. um, yeah. And I, this has been about a, an 18 month long process of working oh, on this. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really excited. And, um, so that's what I'm working on. So I'm not doing any clinical research right now, but I, I just did write, get finished writing two manuscripts that are going to be published soon. So I wrote one on targeted temperature management and then, um, also just, uh, an approach to resuscitating a patient, be it fluid resuscitation or uh, cardiac resuscitations. I wrote, um, so I just published two, or submitted two manuscripts. And then I'm writing a column for um, AJ, American Journal of Nursing quarterly on, um, it's called ECG Savvy. Uh, And that's been really fun. I write it, co-write it with uh, Joel Green, who's a nurse here in in, uh, Seattle. That's awesome. It's not like you're busy at all, you know. No, I tell you, I don't have kids. So I have time to like, to, I like I always am amazed at how women especially balance their life who have children because I just I don't I can't imagine it and I don't have kids so like I have you know like I have got time and I can do this I can be selfish right exactly exactly so if you could give nurses for 2021 one tip what would it be stand your ground I love it I love it that's probably really obnoxious to hear if you have headphones on. I'm really sorry, guys. <laughs> My obnoxious loud clapping, but amen. Like, yes, yes. Know your worth and stand your ground. Yes. And just do it. You can do well, it. Well, and I, I want nurses everywhere to know the world is looking at you. They see you. They see you. Yeah. And we see your show. Stand struggle. your ground. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. So do you have anything else cool coming up that we should know about, Nicole? Yeah. So one of the things that I am planning for January 2022 is a Nurses Mexico retreat. So I did one in January of 2020. So right before the pandemic hit. 
Wow, and, you got lucky with that timing. Oh, are you are not kidding me? And um, and it was just the retreat was amazing. So we did it down at the Hyatt Ziva in Puerto Vallarta, and it's just it's a beautiful resort, and it's all inclusive. So literally, you don't have to leave the resort for anything. Um, but uh, it was just such a soul fulfilling, just amazing retreat. Like I think everyone just showed up with the right attitude. And there were 150 nurses there. And, um, like I thought, oh, maybe I'll get 20 or 30. And then I had 150, like I kept wow. calling the hotel. I'm like, we need more rooms. We need more rooms. And, um, and we, it was really fun. Like we did a, um, a party on the beach and like everyone wore white and it was really fun. And, um, you know, we just did classes every day for like four hours. So it'd be three days, four hours of classes. And then we would do optional, like happy hour classes. Like you can come if you oh, want, you don't have to come. My kind of class. Yeah, totally. And, and then like the, you could bring drinks. You can come in your swimsuit. And that's what everyone did. They come in their swimsuit and a cover up. And like, if you came, you get an extra CE for coming. And, um, it was great. And then we did um, yoga every morning. So I hired yoga instructors and we did yoga on the beach every single morning. And it was just, um, it was really, really just relaxing. And I, I mean, all of the nurses that went, I, I mean, people were just gushing about it. They loved it. And so we were going to do it again in, you know, this January. And obviously, um, luckily, we I never signed a contract because COVID hit. And um, and then so now I'm already, we're in negotiation with the hotel right now. So we are currently planning for Martin Luther King uh, Jr. a weekend um, in January of 2022. So I'd say come. It's, it's honestly, it's really fun. It's not it's not inexpensive. Like it's, it's kind of pricey, but, um, it's all inclusive and it's a five-star resort. It's not like, you're not going to show up and like have some room that you're like, don't want to touch anything. Right. It's a beautiful resort. You don't want to lose your kidney. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And yeah, no, no fears of that. I mean, it's it's in a beautiful area and the staff, like I'll get to know your name and it, we, I just loved it. I remember seeing it um, on social media, everybody talking about it and being like, man, I'm so jealous. So maybe maybe, uh, maybe next year, Kristen, we'll take a nurses in the know retreat. I think next year, every nurse is going to go on vacation. I know, right? I know. I already told the hotel. I'm like, I have a feeling this one's going to have some really good attendance at it. Well, if you if you both come, we can podcast while we're at it. Oh, yeah. I like down. it. Seriously. Yeah, um, yeah. All right. So as we kind of wrap up this episode, thank you so much for coming on. Nicole, um, if people want to find more about you, we mentioned your website and your consulting business um, and all your books. We'll link them um, in the description below. But where can they find you on social media? Yes, on Instagram, which is probably my busiest uh, social media outlet. Um, I'm at Nicole Kupchik. It's K-U-P-C-H-I-K. I have a kind of odd Polish last name. And then I'm on uh, Facebook under Nicole Kupchik Consulting. And then I also um, have a lot of videos on YouTube. I, I'm kind of careful with YouTube. I got trolled really bad. All right. So for Kristen's favorite part of the show, actually, since it's your favorite part, I'm going to make you describe it. It's your favorite part, and I always have to talk about it. So here you go, Kristen. It is my favorite part of the show. So the three R's, your regrets, redos, and rewards. Okay, I'll start with regrets. So, um, you know, um, I think we all have patience. 
we think about that we wish maybe we would have picked something up a little earlier. And one of the regrets, and this is so funny, this was from 1994 and it has stuck with me all these years. But a regret I had was I sent a family member home saying, I've, I'll watch your mom. Don't worry. She's in good hands. And she vivifibrested two hours later. Yeah. I I had a very similar situation kind of happen. Yeah. I'll I'll never – like I still have this patient's face imprinted in my mind. Like it just – like I've forgiven myself for it. And it's not like I did anything wrong. I think I was just really immature. And I worked with nurses who weren't really open about visitation at nighttime and put a lot of pressure on a lot of us newer staff, to be quite frankly honest. But I'll just – I'll never – like, I just will never forget that. And that's why, like, I'm such an advocate of family visitation. I am a hu- huge proponent of having family at the bedside. Yeah. And I realize it's challenging. I get it. I know. I've been there a lot of years. Absolutely. And I think, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but I'm going to just, like, briefly mention it. I think that's part of the reason nurses are so burnout right now is because so many patients are just passing without family there and it's it does take such a toll on on the person it, i think it's inhumane yeah you, it, it uh, really is because i mean even now i mean so the pandemic has been here for a while why are family members still not allowed at the bedside like give me a good scientific reason they can bring their own ppe like why what what's the reason give me a good reason because i've been on the family side of things and i disagree yeah. It's, it's tough. And I know, I mean, there's some places that are trying to implement that, especially in some like end of life cases, or, you know, now we're seeing a lot of these COVID patients in these units that now they have been with you for three, four weeks, 30 plus days, you retest them, they're negative. So then you can, you know, potentially bring the family in, in those situations. But like you said, it, it's hard. And I'm not talking like, let's let like the whole generations of like 30 people in. Why why can't one person come? Agreed. Every Agreed. day. If they can bring their own PPE, so you can't really say that that's the issue. I, I just, I feel it's inhumane. Oh, absolutely. And like I said, we could talk about this all night. Yeah. Okay, but so let's we'll lean on to your redos. Yeah. So redo, this one's really easy for me. So a redo I would like is just some of the ways I approach things as a manager. Um, you know, I learned uh, quickly that you need to get all sides of a story before making judgment. And um, because sometimes it's really easy to get kind of caught up into one person's coming to you with this really strong opinion of what happened in a situation. And in your mind, you kind of make judgments about the situation without finding out all the other sides first. And Mm -hmm. I just think like I grew as a person from my management experience, but I did, unfortunately, I feel like through making some mistakes. And I've, I've went back to a lot of people and apologize. Like I am not above apologizing to people and just saying like, gosh, I could have handled that differently, you know? Um, but I, again, I just go back to, um, telling you that management position is one of the hardest positions in a hospital. And, um, you know, and I just, I think that would be a redo. Absolutely. And I have to agree. Cause I mean, 
and like we said before, we've had that, we've heard that from multiple different people. And, and at the end of the day, I mean, we're all humans, right? You have that human emotion side, then you have the work stress life, and then the work balance, like, of your family or your extracurriculars plus work. And then, you know, that manager, like you said before, is that person that you're supposed to be able to go and talk to. But then on the flip side of it too, it's like, are you just complaining or do you really have a problem? Well, you know, I learned to start asking that question. I learned to start asking like, do you want me just to listen or is there some follow-up we need to do? I mean, some situations I didn't, I didn't ask that question because it's pretty captain obvious. Like I have some follow-up to do. Right. But, um, but I started asking that question of like, do you want me to, are you just, do you need me to be a soundboard or do you need me to go do something? Right. And then, you know, what I noticed as well is um, that there were conflicts that were starting to happen with um, between management and families, right? Especially with this heightened um, sense of like not being able to go and see your loved one, being confused as what's happening, you know, not being able to get anybody on the phone or, you know, getting somebody on the phone, but not getting the answers that you want. And then there's that education gap of whomever you're educating over the phone. And it's, I've seen a lot of that stress as well. And that a lot of get that gets just kind of pushed onto management to try to deal with these people's families. And it it's it's hard. It it just it honestly it's hard. And my heart goes out mm-hmm. to these managers for sure. And directors. All right. The last question. Rewards. Rewards. I mean, I I mean, to me, every I feel like everything I've done in nursing has shaped where I am now. Right. I mean, it's just, it's all come together for me and I'm looking at eight or nine more years of working and then I'm going to go play some golf. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the real thing. (laughs) It's all about golf. I just, you know, honestly, like I just feel like every experience I've had in my career has led me to where I'm at now. And, you know, I've gotten to present all over the world. I've gotten to stand on the same balcony. Now, this is not a great um, a great analogy, or I shouldn't say analogy, a great example, but I literally was in um, Vienna, Austria, standing on the same balcony that Hitler addressed millions of people. And like, I was like, it was so <laughs> surreal to be like, like standing yeah. in a place where such a historic moment took place. But I was presenting at the European Resuscitation Council meeting. And, you know, I've gotten to present in Prague and in London and, you know, like all over the place. And I just feel like, you know, I've worked really hard in my career and I really honestly feel like doors have opened. I chose to walk through the door and it's paid off. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, thank you, Nicole, so much for coming on the show. Um, As always, um, you can find her more in the description box as well as at Nicole Kupchik on Instagram. And you can find her Facebook page as well or YouTube. Um, We really appreciate having you. Uh, It's been a true pleasure. Yes, thank you so much. And we look forward to Mexico. (laughs) Well, please come. It'll be fun. All right. Thanks, everybody, (laughs) for listening as well. Thank you. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Don't forget, every Friday we drop a new episode. And if you if you want to support us, make sure to give, leave us a five-star review and subscribe to our podcast. We're available on all major podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. If you could also make sure that you're following us for our updates on our socials at Nurses No Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Insta.